Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Back to Me podcast. This is Heather. And this week, oh my goodness, get ready for this. I am talking to Naomi Harris, who is a pelvic floor and sexual health naturopath. And she's helping get us past this weird feeling that it's something, pleasure isn't something that we should be doing and and isn't something we should talk about. And if you're ready for it, dive in and have a listen and let me know what you think. Take care, my friend. Have a great day. Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, Back to Me, then you can take better care of others, and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way, and I am super happy that you're here. Hello, my friend. This is Heather. This is the Back to Me podcast. Welcome, welcome. I'm so happy and excited that you are here and joining and partaking of the wisdom of all these awesome humans that I get to talk to. And today, of course, no exception, another awesome human. This is Naomi Harris. And Naomi is a sexual, and I'm going to say it, pelvic pain specialist. What? <laughs> This show is not for children. <laughs> you know, this show probably won't be for children. I think you're onto something there. Hello, right? Heather. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I know. I I actually do have to mark it on YouTube that it's not for children. Yes. So. Yes. We will and be maybe fine. using the S word. <laughs> we might use so many words. But, I mean, that's fine because kids can, you know, their parents can tell them later when they're old enough, right? Um, Naomi, thank you so much for joining me. It's so nice to see you. And uh, as we just before we started, I said the first thing I always ask people, and of course, my listeners know this at this point, how the heck do you become a pelvic pain specialist? Like, when was that? When did that even become a thing? Of, Of all the things to become is a female body pelvic pain specialist. Yes. Right. So I think for me, it began much like so many people's do. I had my own personal experiences that required transformation. And then it grew from there. And I think I was in the fortunate position. So I'm a naturopath, which um, not everybody always knows what a naturopath is. It's sort of like an alternative practitioner. And I've been a naturopath for around 15 years. So when my own personal healing, sexuality, unfolding, blossoming, whatever you want to call it, began, I was already working in the health field and I was already supporting people. So in a way, I was fortunate because I got to do my own work and see the power of that while also understanding the human body and understanding what it takes in order to heal. And then those two things intersected so amazingly, powerfully and beautifully. And that's what took me down this path of female bodies, pain, sexuality, pleasure, and all right. the things. I had forgotten until you just said that, that you were also a naturopath. Yeah. yeah. So you do have that extra little bit of juju on understanding how bodies are working and when things Absolutely. aren't working. and. Mm-hmm. I can remember my naturopath at one point drawing me the cascade of 
because I'm a science geek, he knew that he yes. could do this. I've, you need this to make this. It was, we were talking hormones. This to make this, to make this, to make this, to make this. And I was like, what? Well, which one is missing? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the great mystery. There you go. Right? <laughs> it's one of, those, one of those guys in the chain is yeah. not working right. Who is it? Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that you, you combine that kind of knowledge of the there, there must be some combination going on there of the naturopath side and the there is and i think you know it's one of those things when we've been working in a way and understanding the body or the world in a way for so long it just becomes a natural thing to do so i think the way that i look at the human body and i look at healing and what's possible for the human body is quite different from the way that most people would experience something like a female having ongoing chronic pelvic pain that's interfering with her everyday life and her sexual life and I you know I'm I'm creating I'm creating all the time but I'm really like creating and sitting and considering the way that I work and what it is that I do that works because I've, I've found something I found some secret source that really works and I think it is breaking this down in a way that other naturopaths will go yeah I understand what you're talking about you've just taken that extra little spin and taken a step into sexuality and into the human body and, and a, a deeper understanding of the impact of sexuality and trauma on the human body and on pain and chronic pain and how those two things all, all, all those many things all come together. Secret sauce. What? Secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is it? <laughs> Of course, as soon as you tell someone there's a secret, what's the first thing they want to know? They, they want to know, know the secret. The secret. Oh, my goodness. And um, I was just thinking when you were talking, it is like we're not supposed to be in pain. No. And, you know, we are built for pleasure. Yeah. I mean, we, we're, su we're super. I keep I've been listening to Abraham Hicks lately. It's like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're moving away. From, if people don't know who that is. Google it because it would be a long explanation. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, your your design. You came here for joy and pleasure and happiness, and if that's not happening, something's not working right, yeah, right? And it. I guess for a lot of people, do you find a lot of people just um, don't know that they don't have to be that way, or they're just too embarrassed to go and find out what to do about it? Yeah, I think, I mean, you've nailed one of the pieces with the embarrassment because there's something, you know, like I sit here because I talk about this all day, every day. I'm now just like, it's all vaginas, it's all vulvas, all the time. That's just, it's my jam. I'm so relaxed. I can talk at all. Nothing phases me. But I'm really aware that that's not normal for most people out there. And, you know, if you had, for example, a chronic knee problem, You'd go and have your knee looked at and you'd get it sorted out and you do what needs to be done. But so many women are sitting with these pain conditions that are really debilitating and really affecting every aspect of their lives and their sense of self. But there's so much shame around it that it just doesn't get spoken. Or I think also, I mean, it's so complicated and so, you know, there's so many aspects to it. But for example, as women, we're taught that sex is supposed to hurt the first time. I mean, I'm assuming that you were also taught this because we are all taught this, but that's actually not true. But it sets oh. up this idea of, oh, well then when I have sex and it hurts, oh, that's normal and that's what's supposed to be happening. And then when it continues to happen, there isn't a thought of, 
maybe this isn't what's supposed to be happening. There's a thought of this is really shameful. I can't talk about it. I have to push it down and hide it. And then it's I did something wrong. Later, like there's something wrong with me rather yeah. than going, maybe there was something wrong with what I was taught and something wrong with the support that I was receiving. And honestly, something wrong with the sexual experiences that I've been having. And that's what's actually creating this. And it's not a sign that there's something wrong with me personally. But the other problem, of course, then is also that our medical profession is so dramatically undereducated and undersupported in these areas that most days don't go by that I hear the story of, oh, yeah, they told me to go home and have a glass of wine and relax. It's just like the standard <laughs> response. Or just tell your body to relax. Or go and have a baby because that will force your pelvic floor to open. Or it's like list all of the things that you just don't want to hear when you've got chronic pain and they all get said over and over again to women. Those are such crazy things to say to someone. Not crazy I mean, things. it's like, like you can't tell someone, who, oh, you just need to relax. Yeah. Well, if I could, I would, wouldn't I? <laughs> and if it was my knee, you know, back to the sore knee, if I had a really sore, swollen knee, you wouldn't say, oh, just relax. Just have a glass of wine, put your leg up. Have a up. glass of wine, you'll be fine. <laughs> and yet it's like the norm. It's completely normal for women to be coming up against this all the time. Wow. And it is so true. I can remember because, you know, your girlfriends will tell you, oh, this is what happens. And, of yeah. course, your girlfriends, when you're young, know everything because. Yeah. Yep. And, and, yes, those conversations. Oh, my gosh. I had totally forgotten about them until you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Oh my just goodness. that expectation that it's going to be terrible rather than going, what can we do to support our young females so that it can be wonderful? And that's going to be, that's going to set them up because right? those first sexual experiences do actually matter because they imprint the body with what to expect. And then wow. when they're traumatic or painful or just not good, that's what the body is then kind of like the nervous system's wired to expect that. And then you have to do the hard work to uneducate rather than doing the hard work beforehand to educate into pleasure and beauty and wonderfulness. Which right. Would be so much the preferred method, if it was up to me. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if Naomi ruled the world, right. <laughs> this is what would happen. <laughs> can you imagine? I can remember um, health in school, oh. health class, and yeah. it was very... Uh, clinical. Yes. This yes. is how. This is this. This is what it does. This is this. Yeah. This is what it does. Yeah. So you don't really. It's almost like you you're detached from it, you know. Yeah. And it's Which, also not just clinical. It's also educated in fear because if you do this, you're going to get pregnant or you're going to get STDs and your life's going to be over. Like everything will be finished. Rather than going, let's talk about that as well. Like let's nut this out because as a young person sex is actually just part of being a teenager into you like it's just part of the personal expression and the understanding of your own body and so going don't do it or clinically slot b goes into tab a or vice versa <laughs> or watch out you're going to get pregnant or some kind of horrendous disease it's not helpful at all well, time. and just going back to your secret sauce, as soon as you tell a teenager they can't do something, what are they going to oh. do? Oh, exactly. I mean, we were all teenagers. We remember. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. 
It's true. It's true. I confessed to my mom a long time ago, so nothing will shock her. <laughs> oh my goodness. We were such a little troublemaker. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Stubborn as all get out. I'm still yeah. stubborn, but I come by that honestly. It's true. I mean, um, I this is so funny that we're talking because I was at a networking meeting, a live one, can you imagine, one day mm -hmm. recently, and there was a pelvic health coach there and I was like whoa she's just like there it is like yeah. she's talking at networking meetings in a bar about uh -huh. pelvic stuff and I was like this woman is on she knows what's yeah. going on yeah. and I mean it was but it was interesting because she opened the door how many people wanted to have a conversation with her of course and so many things came up and, you know, as, at some point, there was like four or five people that were all standing around with her having this yeah. conversation because yeah. it suddenly became like, oh, we can talk about this? Okay, well, let me tell you what happened, right? Yes. Yes. So I have those conversations all the time, and then people are like, oh, I've been holding this for 20 years. Can I? And I'm like, of course you can. Let's talk it. I love it. <laughs> talk it all. Right. Yes. And I guess how common is it now? Like, I've met one at, here um, in Canada. Where are you now? Where you keep, I know I'm in um, Northern Europe. I know you're moving around a little bit. I am moving so. around, yes. <laughs> in Holland at the moment. Well, cool! Yeah. Wow, very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, and it's like, where do you find these people? Does well, Dr. Google, can Dr. Google help you? <laughs> and are there, do you know if there's qualifications? In terms of finding help, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Finding help is difficult. You know, that's the one thing that I'm really, I'm really aware of is that there seems to be some, I mean, of course, there, there are the things that the doctors are told to suggest, and that's the path that they go down. Unfortunately, because it's often quite clinical and um, medical based, which honestly, our vaginas and our vulvas are not clinical and don't really like medical-based. They're um, a lot more sensitive and delicate than that. It may help. You may be one of the lucky ones that gets helped, but often you're not. And there are things like pelvic floor physiotherapists. They can help a little when you find a good one, like a, like the one at the um, at the networking. Sounds like yeah. you know, she knew what she was talking That's about. That's all she does. <laughs> That's all she does. And so then there are like amazing people out there, um, but... So the statistics are saying that 70% of women at some point in their life will have pain during sex and up to 40% is chronic and ongoing. Wow. And if you that's think a lot. That, that's a lot. If you think about that just realistically in terms of numbers of people, there's not enough help to go around and there's definitely not enough help that knows what it's doing to go around. Right. Yeah. yeah. So not to make people feel like they're never going to have help, mm -hmm. but... <laughs> It's like, how do, you, yeah, yeah. how do we, I mean, how do we shift it? How do we make it okay? And because, I mean, we're talking about women today, but I'm sure men have their own struggles. Yes. Um, yes, it's like I was on the, I was in the car yesterday and listening to some, everything is about making you more virile for the mm -hmm. commercials for men, the poor men. Yes. I mean, come on, yeah. give the guy a break, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm thinking like, to, to make it a conversation that you can have, 
will create is requires such a shift of thinking and education and it's yes. it can feel overwhelming right yes, it really can yes if you One think thing, you have to do it by yourself so there are um facebook groups like a lot of facebook groups for the specific different conditions for women anyway i actually to be honest with you i haven't looked at how much support men have out there i, I imagine it's actually probably even more lacking than what we're probably have. um so there are specific facebook groups quite large ones with you know tens of thousands of members where women are supporting each other with what works and what doesn't work and then there are um, specialists uh, myself and I, I recognize a few others popping in and out where we can to make suggestions and offer help right um, and then there are others that um, much like myself have been on their own journey of healing and have gone I think I've worked out a piece of it, what works and I'm and I'm sharing that with the world and that that is also really useful too so Oh, I really, to be honest with you, Heather, it's one of the things that actually breaks my heart a little bit because I, my inbox is constant with women going, what can I do? And at the moment, most of them have somehow found me from Africa and India where oh, there's wow. actually nothing. There's nothing. Right. There is no help. And so I'm like, I'm one person and I'm, do, I'm doing what I can and suggesting what I can. But the reality is if we think about 40% of the population and there's no help it's it is overwhelming and it is heartbreaking and i'm on a mission to do it to change it but you know step at a time <laughs> yes yeah. yes you can like one person can do a lot yes. and more than one person can do even more right exactly it's like yes. you multiply as you gather yes. um the i i do yeah i know i understand that, like there's countries where it's definitely not something where women would get any support no, it's i've not been spoken. i've been to those countries so yeah, yeah. and it's so um, you know female sexuality female bodies just you know it's it's just all hidden it's so ashamed shameful and taboo and and i understand why the rates of pain with sex are so high in those places because if you have a body that's viewed as something shameful or something dirty or something dangerous because of course if there is trauma or if there's abuse happening having this female body then becomes a dangerous thing of course it's going to be a painful experience and of course it's going to be a hidden experience and there needs to be a massive shift on so many levels all areas of the world i'm not naming any one particular area it's every culture you know i also have women from eastern europe reaching out to me because there is no help and you know it's right. like everywhere so yeah there needs to be a profound shift in the ways that we view women and female sexuality and well even right now there's parts things. of the u.s that right. i won't name yes but you know who you are yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who make me worried yes. about yes. and yes. I mean, we're talking about, you know, sexual pleasure and pelvic pain, but it does like unpacking it goes even further into that. What we we're talking about, you know, like yeah. female power and whether it's dangerous or not and yeah. dogma and yeah. <laughs> and stories that have come down from the ages of whoever, wherever you think it came from. Yeah. And those are the that stuff just who you want to get me hot under the collar just start that stuff 
like I said, I'm pretty. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on all of that. Yes. yes. And then seeing that, you know, I I do have faith that we're moving forwards. And then every now and then I'm like, oh, gosh, we just took three steps back. Okay. Particularly decades, decades, decades backwards. Yeah. Deep breath, back into the fold, you know, like, oh, here we go again. Oh, my but, gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm just going to keep my forward, like look for the things I want yes. and keep keep working on the things that I want and that yeah. I think are important and yeah. bring joy and pleasure and yeah. happiness and all yeah. of those things. And everybody is entitled to it. Yeah. And that's why we're here. So stop taking other people's joy. That's yeah. all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. nice. um, do you find that a lot of it comes from something um, like, does it come often from an expectation and early early experiences or does sometimes it just come from something that's happening in the body like i'm thinking menopause does weird things to bodies yes Don't okay so menopause does weird things to bodies so yes <laughs> just sudden sudden onset pain with like vulval or vaginal pain with menopause can be quite distressing and quite shocking because especially if you've had 40 50 years without so that's definitely so yes of course there's the hormones of course there's the um there can be physical issues and like structural reasons. I um, I worked with a woman once who just she'd fallen off a horse onto her tailbone and oh my then gosh. she had vaginal pain, and they kept on sending her to um, psychologists. And I was like, you just need to go and get your body adjusted. You're right. just your body's in spasm. Just it's okay. And she's like, my brain's okay. And I'm like, I know, I know. So there just are, get your like, tailbone <laughs> back in place. <laughs> right. Just get your yeah. So there are experiences like that. There are, of course, the hormonal ones. But one thing that I'm, like one conversation I'm often having with clients is they say to me, I shouldn't be having this experience. I wasn't sexually abused or I didn't have sexual trauma or sexual misuse. And I'm like, yes, okay, absolutely. And the way that our bodies respond to life and the way that our bodies understand what is traumatic or misuse is actually quite different from what our brain can understand it to be. So our brain is quite um, linear in a way. It's quite obvious. It's like, well, that thing happened and that shouldn't have happened and that was in this category. But for our bodies, it happens a little bit differently and it's because of the nervous system. And what happens is, I'm going to give the example that I always use. I, I use this one a lot. It is that say you're an infant and you've got a diaper on and you've just done a poop and you're having your diaper changed and the diaper comes off and fresh air touches your skin and the immediate response of the infant anybody who's had a baby knows that the immediate response is the hands go down to touch what the fresh air just touched but you're covered in poop and so for your parents it's like a, oh no 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 because we're about to have a situation here so they may grab your hands and pull them out of the way and they may may give you a no so to them, it's like, let's not spread poo all over, the, all over the room. But to the infant brain, it's like I was just about to touch my genitals and that triggered a very strong response from the world that that thing that I was about to do was wrong. Well, and the nervous system and the body takes that on as a trauma or a misuse unless it 
can find a way to release it in the moment, unless it's able to cry it out or wriggle it out or do what needs to be done. No, like, judgment of parents. Like, we've all been there. We've all done it. Nobody wants poopy hands, you know. Right. You don't want that stuff spreading around. No. (laughs) But it's just like that understanding that what our bodies are holding and what our bodies are managing. And if we can understand pain and genital pain as a conversation from our body and it's saying either there's something happening that we need to talk about or there's something happening that needs to not happen, if we can understand that as a meaning of pain, then you can kind of go, well, these infant experiences all the way up to, you know, the first sexual experiences or even younger than that. And also trauma and falling on your coccyx or if you fall on a fence with your legs on either side or, you you know, you get attention that you don't appreciate from people that you don't want the attention. You know, like all of the things that can be held in the body as trauma and can continue to gather an impact it becomes a, the thing is, is that, you know, I'm talking about sexual pain and I'm talking about sexuality and I'm talking about genitals, but the reality is of the healing that happens, the healing piece of it is usually not, often not actual sex, actually sexual. It's, there's trauma being held in this area of the body that needs to be released, or there is misuse that's being held that the nervous system needs to work through and finish up. And then we can move to pleasure and then we do talk about sex and sexuality and sensuality. Right. But to begin with, the healing piece is often not, it's not sexual and there's often not sex as part of it. But the big fear about it is, is oh, I'm going to go down this healing path and I'm going to find out things about my sexual past that I didn't know. Or I'm going to be confronted with sexual aspects of myself that I don't want to see or you know like we build up so much story and so much shame around it when the reality is is maybe it was a poopy nappy when you're a baby and let's help your body heal so that you can actually step into being the sexual person that you wish to be and and the thing about stories is they're just stories just stories that we've made we've made a meaning behind something that happened even if it if even if it was not the yeah. best meaning at the time, yeah. right? Um, and I'm thinking about, because I've been teaching yoga now for nine, over 19 years, and wow. um, I know, it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it myself when I say it. But, like, it's, like, that's just one place where people have stored trauma. I, like, yeah. pigeon is, in the yoga world, like, teachers know, in pigeon, if you're in a big class, guaranteed someone's going to be crying. Yeah. And they don't know why usually, and it doesn't matter why. They're because the hips are so great for storing stuff. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's connected, maybe it's not connected to something, but yeah. it's like if you've got to let it out, I always say better out than in, send it out. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you just casually pass them a tissue and. You just yes. keep going, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> Stop if you need to. It's all good. Yeah. But um, because emotions are scary for people. Yes, they are. They really are. Especially if they're not the Pleasantville, everything's fabulous emotion. So yeah. um, I think part of our shift of us saving the world, you know, you and yeah. I, Naomi, we're going to save the world, <laughs> is... Um, making it okay making all the emotions okay yeah and just letting them 
because it's a way to process things. That's how we process, right? We need to have the emotion, look at it, process it, feel it, do it, and then whew, send it on its happy way. Um, and that sometimes people want it to be really fast and sometimes it's not fast. No. Nope. Uh, right? No. I was and talking we, to a coach yesterday oh, about that, about yeah. how long it took me to process my grandfather oh. passing away. Oh my God, it took me so long. But it's like yeah. now I'm cool. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? What it were you going to say, Sarah? Yeah, it just takes the time it takes. I was going to say, just coming back to your, um, you know, you're saying about the hips and the holding and the yoga and, and the emotions and feeling the emotions, even the ones that we don't want to feel. And the way I talk about it and the way I describe it to my clients is if you can imagine that you have, we have these emotions, right? We all do it. We're all doing it. We have all these emotions, but we don't want to feel them because we're busy and we don't have time and it's scary and all of the other thousand reasons. So we push them down. And then more come and then we push them down and we just keep on pushing down. And the only and the point where we can't push anymore is the pelvic floor and the genitals. And that's where it starts to build up and get lodged. And that's why like stretching open those hips, it's like, oh hello. How long have you been in there? How many layers <laughs> down deep are you? Where are we excavating to today? And that's the same thing with healing with healing genital and sexual pain. It's like, okay. But the beautiful thing about the body is you know, we talked about making meaning and assigning story to things, is when the body releases and when the body heals, it doesn't need a story. It doesn't actually even need the memory most of the time. It doesn't need the meaning. It just needs the experience of letting it go. And so I think often this fear of, I don't want to feel because I don't want to know what's behind the pain, it doesn't actually matter because you may never know. Again, if it was a nappy incident when you were three months old, you're never going to know. Because why would it matter? It doesn't matter. It you don't even matters. know what a nappy is at that point. Right? It's oh, a, a diaper. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, I know. I know. What my mom was born in England. I, I know oh, the words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beautiful thing about just letting the emotions flow. Of just going, okay, just what is is. I don't need to know. I don't need to understand it. It's scary. Okay. I'm still going to cry and breathe and just see what comes on the other side, the freedom that comes on the other side. Well, and the other side is so good, right? The yeah. other side is like you, you want to be happy, but can you imagine like the other side, you are happy, even happier than you thought you could be and more relaxed and yeah. whatever it was is finished, right? Yeah. It's like you're carrying a backpack full of rocks. Well, why don't you just put a few rocks down? Yeah, <laughs> right? absolutely. Have you heard yeah. of the book, The Body Has Its Reasons? I haven't heard of that one, no. There's a few. There's The Body Keeps the Score, and mm. um, yes, but I haven't heard of that one. Is it a good one? Um, that was the first one that I read probably okay. probably about 15, maybe 14 years ago yeah. Um, yeah. and it was it was recommended to me by someone who she was um, an actress and mm -hmm. she w did very physical roles and she if she found it helped her figure out how to be in those roles and, and be able to move and not be injured and when things Beautiful. came up Mm -hmm. finding a way like she said okay so the body's doing this because of something that I didn't notice so what do I need to pay attention to 
Mm -hmm. and what's happening and it could be physical or it could be not physical I mean yeah yeah you know like I was a massage therapist for 14 years and what's the most common area where people hold tension mm -hmm. is their shoulders mm -hmm. and that's not because of anything physical they're doing it's because they're stressed out I know. <laughs> yeah so they didn't say is something wrong with me because their shoulders were tight Right. And there's no shame for the tight shoulders. No. No. In yeah. fact, there's pride for some people. Yeah. I've been working so hard. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, you know, some of our old-fashioned value systems just have continued to filter down through the ages. Oh. And, oh. and they served us at some point for something. But yeah. we can let them go, right? I think so. And there is a bit of a revival, I know, like, you know, understanding, for example, that women have cycles and that it's absolutely true that for the first two weeks of your cycle after you bleed, you are more introspective and things are more, um, sorry, I'm going, the, I'm actually going the wrong way around. The first two weeks <laughs> of your cycle, like you're more doing and you're more out there and you're more getting things done. And then after ovulation, you are more introspective and creative and things do move slower. And then those days of the bleed like really honoring those and slowing down but how do we do that when we're in a corporate environment or when we're chasing three children around or you know whatever it is that is um like really demanding our time and our attention because of the way that we're set up and our societies are set up and yeah there's there really is room for growth and there is a resurgence of it but we need more lots of yes we begin the revolution here friends yeah. <laughs> so I know that you have a download uh, it's a meditation download right yes I do um it's um it's just your it's it's just a it's a meditation to begin the path of so one of the, the things that I really love to talk about is that it's not enough not to just not feel bad like we do need to take those steps towards feeling good because like you said at the beginning, like it is our birthright. We're born in these bodies that are actually designed to feel amazing. So like to feel the pleasure of every moment, like putting a piece of fruit in your mouth and actually feeling the pleasure of the taste and the smell and the sensation of it. That's how we're built. But we kind of forget about that. And as women, one of our superpowers is, is that that feeling good and that pleasure is actually one of the tools that we can use to feel. And when we're in massive amounts of pain or chronic pain or it feels hopeless, it's like, why would I even want to talk about pleasure? Why would pleasure even matter to me right now? Not pain is a whole lot more important. And I'm like, right. I 100% agree with you. Not pain is more important. But pleasure and feeling good, it can actually be one of the tools that you can use to get to a not pain state. So, yes, there is a meditation um, that's for free on my website that takes you just for those first little steps of exploring the possibility that feeling good can actually be a superpower in not feeling bad. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. The, it's, uh, so, and your website is? ThePleasureNaturopath.com pleasure naturopath and don't worry it'll be in the show notes if you didn't hear it and you don't have a pen and you're driving don't swerve off the road yeah, trying to write no. this down no. <laughs> <laughs> i will make sure it's in the show notes and that you can find everything and they can find all about you there and they can okay. find more information there yes yes and there's all sorts of resources there yeah 
Okay, good. Yes. So you, the go-to spot for the secret sauce the secret on living sauce. your life of pleasure. Before you go, Naomi, I always ask people this final question. Do you have final? <laughs> do you have any <laughs> final words of wisdom? Final words of wisdom. I think my final words of wisdom would be to any woman, also any man who is experiencing, any person who's experiencing um, sexual or pelvic pain, whether it's a new thing or whether it's a long-term and ongoing thing. And what I would say is don't lose hope. It can be really easy to lose hope because it's such a long and winding road to finding the support you need, to finding the answers that you're looking for. But it's worth taking all of the steps that need to be taken down that road in order to get there. And I can personally swear that healing is possible because I see it over and over again. So no matter what it is that you're experiencing, a life without those symptoms that are really impacting every area of your life is entirely possible. So don't lose hope. Here's my That's word of wisdom. awesome. That's awesome. Um, yes, uh, don't lose hope in anything, right? In anything. But yeah. for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much, Naomi. It was such a pleasure talking with you. And I'm sure we're going to go out and save the world. Yes. <laughs> Fully intend to. More power. <laughs> thank you thank so you. much, Heather. Thank Seems you. And thank you for my friends out in podcast land. Mm -hmm. Share this. Don't be scared. Share it subscribe. Yes. <laughs> I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like, like helping others, please feel free to share this. Just give it a like, give it a comment. If you found something useful in it, there's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help you can email me at heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, you can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one. If you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.